0: So the real question is, how can I, as a mom, a wife, an entrepreneur, a health expert, a personal development guru, but also as a woman who has struggled to see her worth, her value, and find her joy, who is now living a four-dimensional life in body fulfillment, relationships, and business, help you, a woman who is possibly struggling with these things also, thrive to your full potential? That is exactly what I am talking about today. I am your host, Dr. Amelia Rodrock. Welcome to Transforming Self Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in your day. I hope it is an amazing day all right ladies go grab your coffee go grab your tea i have my coffee right here um you know maybe it's a saturday or sunday go grab a mimosa or a bloody mary i guess right now i'm assuming that you're listening to this in the morning which you may or may not be listening to this in the morning so you know grab a beverage and let's talk about men um so i really kind of i Take that part out. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about my husband today and about men in general, because you know, men are all over our world and they're all over our lives. And maybe you don't have a man in your life, maybe you don't want a man in your life, maybe you know, you don't that's that's not what you do. And that is totally fine. But we are all surrounded by men every single day. And I just kind of felt compelled to talk a little bit about my husband. Hopefully he listens to this. So I am very grateful for my husband. Like he is a really, really good man and I'm very blessed to have him in my life. Uh, if you listened to the last episode, I talked a little bit about the beginning of our relationship and how difficult it was because it was very difficult for a while. Um, you know, I came into that relationship uh, feeling like a very broken person, a very broken woman Uh, because of a previous relationship and just many, many previous relationships, really, I have a long history of choosing not great dudes to be in my life. And somehow, no, I'm not going to say something to say, somehow I got lucky. No, I did not get lucky. And it's not somehow, Um, you know, it was kind of one of those serendipitous things, you know, Uh, I'll tell you the story of how we met first, because it's kind of a fun story. So I went to chiropractic school kind of later in life. I was 28 or 29 when I started. Uh, so it was kind of a second career for me. I was a massage therapist for a long time and I was ready to be done. You know, I, I loved being a massage therapist, but I just never felt like I could get ahead, especially being a single mom of two children. You know, we struggled. I was on all the, you know, assistance I could be on. we were on food stamps, we we're on childcare help, we were on housing help, you know, all of that stuff. You know, I was on a lot of public assistance and we, you know, we struggled a lot and we struggled to. Thrive, you know, we were surviving. We were surviving, but we weren't really thriving. And if you listen to again last week's episode, I talked a little bit about the guy I dated before I met my husband. And while that was a very, um, uh, very difficult relationship, I don't you know want to go over all of that again because that's not fun. Um, it was a very difficult relationship. We'll just leave it at that for now. The one good thing he did to me was he recommended I go to chiropractic school. He knew I wanted to do something else with life and life. He knew that I was ready to like pursue another career or just to, you know, to do something else so my children could have a better, a better life. And so he told me to look into chiropractic school, which I had never Thought about chiropractic school. I wasn't adjusted as a kid. I didn't have any family who were chiropractors. You know, a lot of times uh, chiropractors have history of family with chiropractors or they've had a really positive experience with a chiropractor. Um, but not very many just kind of come to go to chiropractic school all willy nilly, like with no plan or, you know, nothing, but that's what I did. And so he did suggest chiropractic school. So even though he was a terrible human being, he did do one good thing for me. And that was to push me in that direction. So I'm very grateful for that. You know, there's always something positive that you can take from any sort of disaster in your life. And that's the positive I took from that one. So we met at our children's school. A lot of people assume we met at chiropractic school because he's a chiropractor and so am I, but he's been in practice for 20 years. I've been in practice for seven right now. And we were, our kids, sorry, went to the same elementary school. So I was in between trimester one and trimester two, the school I went to had trimester, so it was a year round school. And I, went, you know, I was in between tri one and try two, so we had two weeks off and it was field day. So you know, it was May, end of the year, field day, lots of fun stuff. And so I went to school to kind of to volunteer because I didn't get to do that very much because I was in school when they were in school. And he was there as well. And luckily, before I had went to field day, I put on a chiropractic t-shirt. So he, as he likes to tell the story, uh, he was there with a friend of his who had children there as well. And they saw my chiropractic t-shirt and his friend told him to come talk to me. And I was wearing workout pants. And he thought I had a nice ass. And so he came up to talk to me. So, you know, that's his, that's his side, but he came up and talked to me. He came up and asked if I was in chiropractic school. We chatted a little bit. Um, I went and shadowed him maybe the next day, maybe the day after that. I can't remember. We saw each other again at our older two kids, or maybe the younger two, the older two, might have been first. I don't remember at the other two kids, uh, field day on Friday. And then I asked him out for coffee and then I unasked him out for coffee because I was, uh, when I met him, I was still with my ex. We were kind of on the outs, kind of on the down, like way down, meeting him kind of accelerated that maybe a little bit, which was a good thing in my life. Uh, So, but I had asked him out for coffee because I was unsure if I was just asking him out because I, um, you know, wanted to get out of the relationship with my ex. I wasn't I mean, I knew I did, but I didn't want to just be going out with, with Jeremy because I wanted to get out of my relationship with my ex. Uh, a couple of days later, I was like, nope, I, I am getting out of my relationship with my ex and I am going to coffee with, with Jeremy. So we went to coffee and the rest is history. It's not really history. It was a long, hard journey to get to where we are now. It's still a hard journey. I mean, it's hard. It's hard being married. It's hard. Being with living with another person, it's you know, it's a it's a hard, it's hard. But I wouldn't want it any other way. I wouldn't want to be on my own. I wouldn't want to be myself. I love having him in my life. I love having somebody to come home to. You know, I love being able to cook for him and love him and you know, be a part of his life. So one of the reasons I wanted to talk about relationships and Jeremy today is because. Uh, one of my Facebook friends posted something on social media that kind of resonated with me. So I'm going to read it to you. It's just, it's a quick read, Um, but I'm going to read it real fast because it resonated with me and maybe it will resonate with you as well. So it's called, no matter what happens, see you at home. A lot of people think that living as a couple is always peachy, but this is a, this is the real reality. Living with the person you love is not what everyone thinks it is. You don't wake up early in the morning for breakfast together for breakfast together in bed every morning it's not snuggling in bed together until you sleep peacefully every night it's not always having the house clean and the food freshly made every day living with the person you love is arguing for simple things like who forgot to take out the trash well jeremy always takes out the trash um it's sleeping because the day was hard the day has been hard and you're exhausted it's arguing over financial issues it's someone who takes your bed sheets away from you away when you sleep and you wake up cold now i do that he's always he always wakes up cold. But despite everything, every day, you expect to see that person eagerly or go home every day to meet that same person you know loves you and cares about you. You laugh together the moment you do something funny. It's intimacy with each other. It's cooking dinner together as you talk and make it easier because you both had a complicated day. It's living an emotional crisis and having someone who sits sits next to you, hugs you, and tells you everything will be fine and you believe it. It's loving that same person, even when it drives you freaking crazy and pulls you out of your box. Living with the person you love is arguing for silly things constantly, but it's also having a love that many people spend their lives looking for. It's the time that people try to break you up, but the love was stronger. It's not perfect. and It's very difficult to keep its balance every day, but it's wonderful and the best you can experience because if it was easy, it wouldn't be worth it. That's why every day you think no matter what happens, see you at home. So I really, really liked that Um, because, you know, no matter what happens, I see him at home. Um, Even when my day has been hard and I've struggled and I'm tired and I don't want to do anything and I just want to sit on the couch and sleep. You know, I see him at home. It's when things have been great and I'm excited and I can't wait to tell him everything that happened. I see him at home. You know, he doesn't travel very often and he's traveling right now. He's taking his daughter to visit a chiropractic school in Atlanta, Georgia. And, you know, while I love having him around, I also love having my, myself, like being able to be my, myself, but I know I will see him at home tomorrow when he gets here. And when I think about that, you know, I know that someday that won't be the case. Like someday I won't see him home. Someday something will happen to one of us, to him, to me, and things happen. You know, somebody's going to pass away and more than likely we're not going to die together. So I really cherish that now because now in this moment, I know that I will see him at home, that he will be here for me, that whatever happens, he's going to be by my side. He's going to love me. He's going to push me. He's going to care about me. He's going to touch me. He's going to say things to me that I need to hear, even when they're hard. That's him. So just you know, think about that a little bit when you're thinking about your relationship. Are you with somebody that you want to see at home every day? You know, are you excited to wake up next to him or her? Are you excited to be with your partner Do you like being with your partner? Do you like your partner? Now, uh, okay, okay, do you like your partner? That's a big one. Um, I don't always like him. Sometimes he really pisses me off. Um, So, you know, if you've never done, if you don't know your love language and you are in a relationship, I suggest you figure your love language out. So I think it's fivelovelanguages.com or something like that, but figure out your love language so there are five love languages um see if i can remember off the top of my head acts of service physical touch um gifts um words of affirmation and quality time so those are the five love languages so there's a, a quiz you can take yeah five lovelanguages.com and you can find out what your like love languages are in order so how do you need to be loved so this is really important when you're in a relationship because as humans we tend to love people how we need to be loved but let's say your top love language is physical touch but your partners is um acts of service and if you go touching all over them all the time at that they might not like that. And and then you will think that they don't appreciate what you're doing or they don't like appreciate how you're trying to love them, but that's not how they need to be loved. So it's very important to know how your partner needs to be loved. So you can love them that way, even if that's not how you need to be loved. So my top love language is words of affirmation. And my second one is physical touch. Um, Jeremy's top love language is acts of service. And his second one is uh, words of affirmation. So we both have words of affirmation, which I find interesting because that is my number one love language is words of affirmation. And he has a really hard time with it. He's honestly really shitty at it a lot of times. And Jeremy, if you're listening to this, I'm, you know, this, you know, this, we've talked about this many times. And, you know, sometimes it's really hard for me because I like to be told I look good. I like to be told my hair looks nice, or you know, notice if I got a hair, you know, a, colored in a different color or whatever. Um, you know, I like to be told you got a nice butt. You know, whatever it is, um, I, I like I like words of affirmation that feeds my soul, that makes me feel good. And even though it's his second one, he doesn't do it very well. I feel like I have to ask for compliments. Like, how do I look? Did you notice this? How's this? Is this okay? Uh, He's not, it's just not a strong thing for him to, to love me that way. And we've talked about it and he's kind of talked to me a little bit about why he thinks that is. And I think he's working on it sometimes, you know, especially when I mention it. Uh, But it's one of those things where I know he loves me. And while I feel like I still need some words of affirmation, and he does do it some, I have been able to see past that, see past the fact that he isn't great at it, and I know he's not great at it, and so I can accept that, and when he does tell me, I really appreciate it. Um, physical touch is my second one, and he's real good at that. There's no physical touch problems, so that's nice that at least he got that one right. Um, and his first one is acts of service. So you know what he does do for me? It's whenever we're driving in my car, and he puts gas in it. Uh, he you know he unloads and loads the dishwasher. He takes out the trash. So you know he does those things and that's how he needs to be loved. And, and so he enjoys doing that kind of stuff, I think. Uh, and I try to do acts of service for him. I'm probably not as good at it, but you know, I make sure the house is cleanish and I cook, I do cook. I like to cook. So that's something that's an act of service. Um, I need to figure out some better acts of service that I can do for him. So if anybody, any guys are listening to this and you know, a good guy, active service, please let me know. Um, But yeah, so knowing your partner's love language, I think is something that is pretty important. And I think you should take the quiz with your, well, not with your partner, you know, each of you take the quiz and then share the results with each other, because you might be surprised at what your partner's love language is. And maybe you haven't been loving them the way that they need to be loved. And by doing that, you might see some big shifts and big changes in your relationship. What Jeremy is really good at is being a provider. You know, he is a really, really good provider. He he really has taken care of us and, you know, his children, my children, I mean, that's, I feel like his biggest thing is being, you know, a good provider. And I appreciate that about him. I love that about him. Um, you know, he takes care of all the bills. I don't have to do that. I don't want to, it's not something I want to do. So I feel like we have a really well balanced relationship. Again, it hasn't always been like this. It was really hard at the beginning, you know, at the beginning, like I said, I I felt really broken. I didn't feel worthy of love. And the more he tried to love me, the more I withdrew and pushed back. Um, We fought a lot. We just fought all the time. I think I said last episode, sometimes I'm surprised he stayed with me. You know, he saw more in me than I saw in myself for a very, very long time. And maybe that's what kept him around, I don't really know. something did something kept him around for a while, but it was hard for me to accept his love because I feel like I'd always placed conditions on love or I'd had other people place conditions on love. And I was trying to protect myself for so long that I didn't know how to one love myself and two allow myself to be loved by someone else. Um, Like I said, we fought a lot and he didn't want to fight. He was an interesting, um, an interesting thing. So we would get into an argument about nothing, something stupid. I mean, I couldn't even give you an example. It's been so long now, but you know, something stupid. And I would, I was like, I would see red. I would just fight. Like I couldn't control my mouth. I couldn't control my body. I couldn't control what I did or what I said. I was angry and I was mean and I was bitter. And he would try to leave and I wouldn't let him. I would block the way. I would stand in front of him. I would push past him. I would... I would run outside naked because for some reason I was naked and jump on the hood of his car to try to keep him from leaving. True story really happened. Really stupid. We lived in town at that point. We live outside now. So I'm outside naked. Nobody can tell, but, and I don't really jump on the hood of his car anymore. Naked anyways. uh, But you know, I, I had to fight. I had to engage. I had to, I couldn't let him leave. He had to finish it with me. And he would leave for a while. I mean, not a while, like days, but a while, like hours. And it was hard because I feel like every time he was leaving, he was leaving me. And every time he wanted to not fight, he was telling me that I wasn't worth it. I wasn't worth the fight. Now, this is I know this is not rational. Trust me. I get that. Now at the time I was not a rational person. Um, I felt like if he loved me, he'd stay in fight. If he loved me, he would stay. He wouldn't leave. He wouldn't leave me like that. He wouldn't leave me angry. Um, and I just, you know, I was triggered. I was triggered a lot over little things over stupid things. I can't even tell you what it was anymore been so long. And once I finally learned how to control my triggers and how to not let them have power over me, I was able to stop fighting. If we got in an argument, I'd be the one to be like, I'm done. I walk away. I'm not going to do it. It's not worth it. It's not usually worth it. Every once in a while, it might be worth it but we don't even fight much anymore. We rarely argue. It's real nice. It's real quiet and calm and it's nice. It's real nice. But you know, we, we t- it took a lot of work. Um, it took a lot of me working through a lot of shit that was hard, that I didn't like, that I didn't want to work through. <clears throat> I mean, I did, but I didn't. I think you probably understand what, the, what I mean there. I wanted to work through it. I wanted to be done with it, but it hurt. You know, I had to come to terms with a lot of things in my past. I had to forgive a lot of men in my past that hurt me. I had to recognize that it was okay. It was okay to not be okay. It was okay not to have all my stuff together. And it was okay. Because I think as women, we're not given permission to be okay to not be okay. And so I want to tell all of you that if you're not okay right now, it's okay. And you can get help and you can get better and you can do the work that's uncomfortable. And you can have amazing relationships. They don't have to be shitty superficial relationships. You know, they don't have to be relationships where you fight and where you argue and where you jump on the hood of your partner's car naked. I mean, looking back, that's funny at the time. I'm not sure what I was thinking. I I don't know if alcohol was involved. It's highly possible, but it wasn't, it wasn't a good idea to jump on the hood of a car like that. I wouldn't advise it. And right now when there's so much chaos in the world, it's really nice to have a partner that understands what, what I'm going through and understands what's going on in my office that I can talk to, that I can bounce ideas off of, you know, that we can you know, really come together as a team and work through some of the BS that's going on in our world right now. It's been really, really, really helpful. So what do you want your relationship to look like? What do you want out of your partner Uh, Do you want somebody who you are eager to see at the end of the day? Do you want somebody that you can laugh with and have fun with that you can cry in front of and hold? Do you want somebody who knows who you are, like knows all the itty gritty, deep, dark parts of you? Because Jeremy really has seen me at my worst, like my absolute worst he has seen me at. And he's also seen me at my best. I mean, he's seen me transform. He has seen that happen. He knows who I was and who I was showing up as. And he knows who I am now and who I show up as now. So he knows that. He honors that. I mean, he loves that about me. So who do you want to be? Who do you want to be for your partner? Who do you want your partner to be for you? You know, I invite you all to really think about that, to think about your life and your partner and your relationships and maybe not even your relationships with your partner. Maybe you need to think about your relationships with yourself. You know, who are you for yourself? Are you honoring yourself? Are you honoring what needs to happen in your life? Are you honoring who you are? Because until you can love yourself, and honor yourself, it's going to be really hard to allow somebody else to love you. And you can't let somebody else save you. That's not how, that's not how this actually works. It's not, this isn't Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty or Snow White or whatever, whoever else there is out there. It's not real life. People don't save us. We save ourselves. And I think for a long time, I thought somebody was going to save me. I thought meeting the right person would magically make me better that I would be confident and content and happy. And I would be able to find joy and find love for myself and for my partner. But that didn't work. That's that didn't work. Finding him didn't help me love myself. Working through my past helped me love myself. Working through my shit helped me love myself. Honoring who I was helped me love myself. Acknowledging who I was helped me love myself. Knowing that without my past experiences, I wouldn't be who I am now helped me love myself. Seeing that there's a lesson in everything that's happened in my life helped me love myself. Finding a partner who loves me and honors me who lifts me up, who makes me better, who pushes me. That's just icing. Finding him didn't bring joy to my life. I brought joy to my life. Finding him has helped me have joy every single day. And I'm honored to have him in my life. So who's in your life? Who do you want to be closer to? I mean, maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your dad, maybe it's your kids, maybe your spouse. I mean, I don't know. Who do you want to lift up? Who do you want to show that you love them? So I challenge you. I challenge all of you to start working on your connections, work on your relationships, set dates. So that's what we do every quarter we set dates. We have been, we've had a lot of audibles recently just because of um, COVID and stuff. So the last seven, seven, eight months have been a little bit different, but set dates, do a date night, do a, every, um, every other Friday night, we're going to go to dinner and on the opposite Friday night, we're going to get a couple's massage. Uh, we played golf every Sunday morning for a whole quarter, 18 holes. I am terrible at golf. I'm trying, I'm really trying. And I played one whole round from my ball and I hit about 120 and I was happy with that. I think he hit like 72 or something like that. Um, Typically I just scramble from his ball because it's easier and you know, it's easier. But find something you want to do with your partner and do it, put it in the calendar and do it. Schedule a vacation together, a long weekend together. You don't have to go that far. If you don't want to fly somewhere, that's fine. Where do you live? What's within four hours of driving distance? That will be fun. I know a lot of places within four hours of where we live that we enjoy doing. Have a long weekend together. Set dates with your children. So my kids are out of the house now. But once a week, I take my... Or every other week, I take my daughter to lunch. And on the opposite weeks, I take my son to lunch. And we do that every week. I do it with one of them every single week. You know, they don't have a lot of time. They can't really take off work to go on trips. You know, my son and I in February, <clears throat> we went to Seattle together. And I'm hoping, um, you know, in the next year or so, my daughter and I, we need to go to, well, this year and this next year, we need to go to Colorado together because she wants to go to school there. And when she's done with um, Johnson County. So set dates Do something fun. Things are opening back up. Do something fun with each of your children. Make it a priority. And if you don't have a lot of money, you don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't have to fly across the country. You know, just take them to breakfast. Go to a park. Schedule a craft afternoon. Do something with your children. Make sure they are seen and heard. I talked about that last episode. Make sure they are seen and heard with your friends. My girlfriends and I played golf yesterday. <laughs> One of my girlfriends said she'd never had so much fun doing something so terribly. And that really summed up our day. I have never had so much fun doing something so terribly with some amazing women. As women, we need to surround ourselves with really powerful, positive women. I haven't always done that in my life. Um, when I was younger, I felt like I, uh, maybe related to boys better. And so I would have some female friends, but I felt like I'm I more related to boys and I don't know why that was. I just, I didn't really like girls. I mean, they were catty and bitchy and rude and mean to each other. And I just, I didn't do that. I didn't have that drama. I didn't want to deal with that drama. Um, but the older I've gotten, the more important it has been for me to surround myself with amazing, positive, powerful women, and so I would encourage every single one of you to surround yourself with amazing, powerful, positive women, find women's groups. That's what I did. I started going to go into women's groups. Um, I started doing things that introduced me to all these women. I started working out with the women's group at the gym. You know, I did all these awesome things. I met amazing women and a lot of them own their own businesses. Some of them don't. Some of them are stay at home moms. Some of them work for somebody, you know, some of them own their own businesses, they're all over the board, but surrounding yourself with women that pull you up and not push you down is so important. It's so important. Having those relationships will change your life. Having relationships with women positive women will change your life. And if you are one of those women to me, you know who you are. I appreciate each and every one of you so much. You all bring so much joy to my life. You make me happy and I love you. You know, I, And tell your friends you love them often. I probably don't say it enough, but I love them. All of you, I love you. If you're watching this, I love you. So join my Facebook pages, join my Facebook group because that's really what... I want it to be, I want it to be a culture of positive women, a culture of women who lift each other up, a culture of women who want each other to do better because while we have our partners, we have our husbands, we have our spouses, having women in your life who want the best for you is exceptionally important. So find those women, nurture those women, nurture those relationships. All right. So I started this off. By talking about my husband and you know he he's a fantastic guy and I appreciate him more than I tell him and I know that I know I should tell him how much I appreciate him and you know he's an amazing father he's the father that I never had and it was hard for a while to see that sometimes. I know this sounds really weird that as an adult woman that I would be jealous of his daughters. But I think there was a little bit of jealousy there for a while because you know they had a father that I didn't have, and I wanted that. and even though I was a grown- up, I still longed for that. Um, I'm over that now, but you know it was hard sometimes, but he's an amazing father and an amazing man and his daughters are so lucky to have someone like him and to have been raised by such a strong emotional man because he you know he was raised by a single mom and I feel like sometimes now this might just be a generalization I might be totally wrong sometimes men who are raised by single moms just are a little little soft you know, which is good. Good soft, soft in a good way, not soft in a bad way. But just a little, you know, more here. Just a little more here, maybe. Maybe not as hard. I don't know. Um, my son's that way. You know, my son's he's got a lot of heart. He's soft. He's uh he's he's a good boy, he's emotional and he's very in touch with his emotions. And I appreciate that about him. And he'll come over and we'll talk and you know, sometimes they're hard conversations and he's okay having them with me and we'll cry and we'll hug each other. And you know, it's, it's good, it's good. Um, and Jeremy's that way as well. I mean, both of his girls are gone. They're both in college and oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, he was a disaster. And it was just, it's nice to see him be real because I've been a disaster as well. So, all right, ladies. So think about your relationships, think about who's in your life. Are they serving you? Are they lifting you up? Are they making you better? Are they making you feel loved and appreciated and wanted? Are they touching you? Do They do all the things that you need. Think about it. I'm not saying that they're not get out of the relationship, but if they're not, It might be time to sit down and have a real conversation. It might be time to talk about it. You have to have your needs met. Because you can't be who you need to be if your needs aren't being met by you, by your partner, by your spouse. Make sure you are taking care of you. Well, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll see you back here next week. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. There are many ways to connect with me, and I want to connect with each and every one of you. Facebook seems to be the easiest right now. I have a Facebook page for my podcast, the Transforming Self podcast page, or you can connect with me personally, Amelia Rodrock on Facebook. I also have an Instagram and a YouTube page. So please reach out i am here for each and every one of you i want to help every one of you thrive to your full potential